Section four of Memoirs of a Woman of Pleasure. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Memoirs of a Woman of Pleasure by John Cleland. Letter the First, Part Four. I had it now, I felt it now, and beginning to drive, he soon gave nature such a powerful summons down to her favorite quarters that she could no longer refuse repairing thither all my animal spirits then rushed mechanically to that centre of attraction and presently inly warmed and stirred as i was beyond bearing i lost all restraint and yielding to the force of the emotion gave down as mere woman those effusions of pleasure which in the strictness of still faithful love i could have wished to have kept in yet oh what an immense difference did i feel between this impression of a pleasure merely animal and struck out of the collision of the sexes by a passive bodily effect from that sweet fury that rage of active delight which crowns the enjoyments of a mutual love passion where two hearts tenderly and truly united club to exalt the joy and give it a spirit and soul that bids defiance to that end which mere momentary desires generally terminate in when they die of a surfeit of satisfaction mr h whom no distinctions of that sort seemed to disturb scarce gave himself or me breathing time from the last encounter but as if he had tasked himself to prove that the appearances of his vigour were not signs hung out in vain in a few minutes he was in a condition for renewing the onset to which preluding with a storm of kisses he drove the same course as before with unabated fervour and thus in repeated engagements kept me constantly in exercise till dawn of morning in all which time he made me fully sensible of the virtues of his firm texture of limbs his square shoulders broad chest compact hard muscles in short a system of manliness that might pass for no bad image of our ancient sturdy barons whose race is now so thoroughly refined and frittered away into the more delicate and modern built frame of our pap-nerved softlings who are as pale as pretty and almost as masculine as their sisters mr h content however with having the day break upon his triumphs resigned me up to the refreshment of a rest we both wanted and we soon dropped into a profound sleep though he was some time awake before me yet did he not offer to disturb a repose he had given me so much occasion for but on my first stirring which was not till past ten o'clock i was obliged to endure one more trial of his manhood about eleven in came mrs jones with two basins of the richest soup which her experience in these matters had moved her to prepare i pass over the fulsome compliments the cant of the decent procuress with which she saluted us both but though my blood rose at the sight of her i suppressed my emotions and gave all my concern to reflections on what would be the consequence of this new engagement but mr h who penetrated my uneasiness did not long suffer me to languish under it he acquainted me that having taken a solid sincere affection to me he would begin by giving me one leading mark of it 
by removing me out of a house which must for many reasons be irksome and disagreeable to me into convenient lodgings where he would take all imaginable care of me and desiring me not to have any explanations with my landlady or be impatient till he returned he dressed and went out having left me a purse with two-and-twenty guineas in it being all he had about him as he expressed it to keep my pocket till further supplies as soon as he was gone i felt the usual consequence of the first launch into vice for my love attachment to charles never appeared to me in that light i was instantly borne away down the stream without making back to the shore my dreadful necessities my gratitude and above all to say the plain truth the dissipation and diversion i began to find in this new acquaintance from the black corroding thoughts my heart had been a prey to ever since the absence of my dear charles concurred to stun all contrary reflections if i now thought of my first my only charmer it was still with the tenderness and regret of the fondest love embittered with the consciousness that i was no longer worthy of him i could have begged my bread with him all over the world but wretch that i was i had neither the virtue nor courage requisite not to outlive my separation from him yet had not my heart been thus pre-engaged mr h might probably have been the sole master of it but the place was full and the force of conjectures alone had made him the possessor of my person the charms of which had by the by been his sole object and passion and were of course no foundation for a love either very delicate or very durable he did not return till six in the evening to take me away to my new lodgings and my movables being soon packed and conveyed into a hackney coach it cost me but little regret to take my leave of a landlady whom i thought i had so much reason not to be overpleased with and as for her part she made no other difference to my staying or going but what that of the prophet created we soon got to the appointed house for me which was that of a plain tradesman who on the score of interest was entirely at mr h s devotion and who let him the first floor very genteelly furnished for two guineas a week of which i was instated mistress with a maid to attend me he stayed with me that evening and we had a supper from a neighbouring tavern after which and a gay glass or two the maid put me to bed mr h soon followed and notwithstanding the fatigues of the preceding night i found no quarter no remission from him he piqued himself as he told me on doing the honours of my new apartment the morning being pretty well advanced we got to breakfast and the ice now broke my heart no longer engrossed by love began to take ease and to please itself with such trifles as mr h s liberal liking led him to make his court to the usual vanity of our sex silks laces earrings pearl necklace gold watch in short all the trinkets and articles of dress were lavishly heaped upon me the sense of which if it did not create returns of love forced a kind of grateful fondness something like love a distinction it would be spoiling the pleasure of nine-tenths of the keepers in the town to make and is i suppose the very good reason why so few of them ever do make it i was now established the kept mistress in form 
well lodged with a very sufficient allowance and lighted up with all the lustre of dress mr h continued kind and tender to me yet with all this i was far from happy for besides my regret for my dear youth which though often suspended or diverted still returned upon me in certain melancholic moments with redoubled violences i wanted more society more dissipation as to mr h he was so much my superior in every sense that i felt it too much to the disadvantage of the gratitude i owed him thus he gained my esteem though he could not raise my taste i was qualified for no sort of conversation with him except one sort and that is a satisfaction which leaves tiresome intervals if not filled up by love or other amusements mr h so experienced so learned in the ways of women numbers of whom had passed through his hands doubtless soon perceived this uneasiness and without approving or liking me the better for it had the complaisance to indulge me he made suppers at my lodgings where he brought several companions of his pleasures with their mistresses and by this means i got into a circle of acquaintance that soon stripped me of all the remains of bashfulness and modesty which might be yet left of my country education and were to a just taste perhaps the greatest of my charms we visited one another in form and mimicked as near as we could all the miseries the follies and impertinences of the women of quality in the round of which they trifle away their time without its ever entering into their little heads that on earth there cannot subsist anything more silly more flat more insipid and worthless than generally considered their system of life is they ought to treat the men as their tyrants indeed were they to condemn them to it but though amongst the kept mistresses and i was now acquainted with a good many besides some useful matrons who lived by their connections with them i hardly knew one that did not perfectly detest her keeper and of course made little or no scruple of any infidelity she could safely accomplish i had still no notion of wronging mine for besides that no mark of jealousy on his side started me the hint or gave me the provocation to play him a trick of that sort and that his constant generosity politeness and tender attentions to please me forced a regard to him that without affecting my heart ensured him my fidelity no object had yet presented that could overcome the habitual liking i had contracted for him and i was on the eve of obtaining from the movements of his own voluntary generosity a modest provision for life when an accident happened which broke all the measures he had resolved upon in my favour i had now lived near seven months with mr h when one day returning to my lodgings from a visit in the neighbourhood where i used to stay longer i found the street door open and the maid of the house standing at it talking with some of her acquaintances so that i came in without knocking and as i passed by she told me mr h was above i stepped upstairs into my own bedchamber with no other thought than of pulling off my hat etc and then to wait upon him in the dining-room into which my bedchamber had a door as is common enough whilst i was untying my hat-strings i fancied i heard my maid hannah's voice and a sort of tussle which raising my curiosity 
I stole softly to the door, where a knot in the wood had been slipped out and afforded a very commanding peephole to the scene then in agitation, the actors of which had been too earnestly employed to hear my opening of my own door from the landing-place of the stairs into my bedchamber. The first sight that struck me was Mr. H., pulling and hauling this coarse country strammel towards a couch that stood in a corner of the dining-room, to which the girl made only a sort of awkward, voidening resistance, crying out so loud that I, who listened at the door, could scarce hear her. "'Pray, sir, don't. Let me alone. I'm not for your turn. You cannot, sure, demean yourself with such a poor body as I—' "'Lord, sir, my mistress may come home. I must not, indeed. I will cry out.' all of which did not hinder her from insensibly suffering herself to be brought to the foot of the couch, upon which a push of no mighty violence served to give her a very easy fall, and my gentleman, having got up his hands to the stronghold of her virtue, she, no doubt, thought it was time to give up the argument, and that all further defence would be in vain, and he, throwing her petticoats over her face, which was now as red as scarlet, discovered a pair of stout, plump, substantial thighs, and tolerably white. He mounted them round his hips, and coming out with his drawn weapon, stuck it in the cloven spot, where he seemed to find a less difficult entrance than perhaps he had flattered himself with. For, by the way, this blouse had left her place in the country for a bastard. And, indeed, all his motions showed he was lodged pretty much at large. After he had done, his dearie gets up, drops her petticoats down, and smooths her apron and handkerchief. Mr. H. looked a little silly, and taking out some money, gave it her, with an air indifferent enough, bidding her be a good girl and say nothing. Had I loved this man, it was not in nature for me to have had patience to see the whole scene through. I should have broke in and played the jealous princess with a vengeance but that was not the case my pride alone was hurt my heart not and i could easier win upon myself to see how far he would go till i had no uncertainty upon my conscience the least delicate of all affairs of this sort being now over i retired softly into my closet where i began to consider what i should do my first scheme naturally was to rush in and upbraid them this, indeed, flattered my present emotions and vexations, as it would have given immediate vent to them. But on second thoughts, not being so clear as to the consequences to be apprehended from such a step, I began to doubt whether it was not better to dissemble my discovery till a safer season, when Mr. H. should have perfected the settlement he had made overtures to me of, and which, I was not to think such a violent explanation, as I was indeed not equal to the management of, could possibly forward, and might destroy. On the other hand, the provocation seemed too gross, too flagrant, not to give me some thoughts of revenge, the very start of which idea restored me to perfect composure, and delighted as I was with the confused plan of it in my head, I was easily mistress enough of myself to support the part of ignorance I had prescribed to myself, and as all this circle of reflections was instantly over, I stole a tiptoe to the passage door, and opening it with a noise, passed for having that moment come home.
and after a short pause as if to pull off my things i opened the door into the dining-room where i found the dowdy blowing the fire and my faithful shepherd walking about the room and whistling as cool and unconcerned as if nothing had happened i think however he had not much to brag of having outdissembled me for i kept up nobly the character of our sex for art and went up to him with the same air of frankness as i ever received him he stayed but a little while made some excuse for not being able to stay the evening with me and went out as for the wench she was now spoiled at least for my servant and scarce eight and forty hours were gone round before her insolence on what had passed between mr h and her gave me so fair an occasion to turn her away at a minute's warning that not to have done it would have been the wonder so that he could neither disapprove it nor find it in the least reason to suspect my original motive what became of her afterwards i know not but generous as mr h was he undoubtedly made her amends though i dare answer that he kept up no farther commerce with her of that sort as his stooping to such a coarse morsel was only a sudden sally of lust on seeing a wholesome-looking buxom country wench and no more strange than hunger or even a whimsical appetite's making a fling meal of a neck beef for a change of diet had i considered this escapade of mr h in no more than that light and contented myself with turning away the wench i had thought and acted right but flushed as i was with imaginary wrongs i should have held mr h to have been cheaply off if i had not pushed my revenge farther and repaid him as exactly as i could for the soul of me in the same coin nor was this worthy act of justice long delayed i had it too much at heart mr h had about a fortnight before taken into his service a tenant's son just come out of the country a very handsome young lad scarce turned of nineteen fresh as a rose well shaped and clever limbed in short a very good excuse for any woman's liking even though revenge had been out of the question any woman i say who was disprejudiced and had wit and spirit enough to prefer a point of pleasure to a point of pride mr h had clapped a livery upon him and his chief employ was after being shown my lodgings to bring and carry letters or messages between his master and me and as the situation of all kept ladies is not the fittest to inspire respect even to the meanest of mankind and perhaps less of it from the most ignorant i could not help observing that this lad who was i suppose acquainted with my relation to his master by his fellow-servants used to eye me in that bashful confused way more expressive more moving and readier catched at by our sex than any other declarations whatever my figure had it seems struck him and modest and innocent as he was he did not himself know that the pleasure he took in looking at me was love or desire but his eyes naturally wanton and now inflamed with passion spoke a great deal more than he durst have imagined they did yet here too indeed i had only taken notice of the comeliness of the youth but without the least design my pride alone would have guarded me from a thought that way had not mr h s condescension with my maid 
where there was not half the temptation in point of person, set me a dangerous example. But now I began to look on this stripling as every way a delicious instrument of my designed retaliation upon Mr. H., of an obligation for which I should have made a conscience to die in his debt. In order, then, to pave the way for the accomplishment of my scheme, for two or three times that the young fellow came to me with messages, I managed so, as without affectation, to have him admitted to my bedside, or brought to me at my toilet, where I was dressing, and by carelessly showing or letting him see, as if without meaning or design, sometimes my bosom rather more bare than it should be, sometimes my hair, of which I had a very fine head, in the natural flow of it while combing, sometimes a neat leg that had unfortunately slipped its garter, which I made no scruple of tying before him, easily gave him the impressions favourable to my purpose, which I could perceive to sparkle in his eyes and glow in his cheeks, then certain slight squeezes by the hand as I took letters from him, did his business completely. When I saw him thus moved, and fired for my purpose, I inflamed him yet more, by asking him several leading questions, such as, had he a mistress? Was she prettier than me? Could he love such a one as I was? And the like, to all which the blushing simpleton answered to my wish, in a strain of perfect nature, perfect undebauched innocence, but with all the awkwardness and simplicity of country breeding. When I thought I had sufficiently ripened him for the laudable point I had in view, one day that I expected him at a particular hour, I took care to have the coast clear for the reception I designed him, and, as I laid it, he came to the dining-room door, tapped at it, and on my bidding him come in, he did so, and shut the door after him. I desired him then to bolt it on the inside, pretending it would not otherwise keep shut. I was then lying at length upon that very couch, the scene of Mr. H.'s polite joys, in an undress which was all the art of negligence, flowing loose, and in a most tempting disorder. No stay, no hoop, no encumbrance, whatever. On the other hand, he stood at a little distance, that gave me a full view of the fine-featured, shapely, healthy country lad, breathing the sweets of fresh-blooming youth. His hair, which was of a perfect shining black, played to his face in natural side-curls, and was set out with a small tuck-up behind. New buckskin breeches that, clipping close, showed the shape of a plump, well-made thigh white stockings, garter-laced livery, shoulder-knot, altogether composed a figure of pure flesh and blood, and appeared under no disgrace from the lowness of a dress to which a certain spruce neatness seems peculiarly fitted. I bid him come towards me and give me his letter, at the same time throwing down carelessly a book I had in my hands. He coloured, and came within reach of delivering me the letter, which he held out, awkwardly enough, for me to take, with his eyes riveted on my bosom, which was, through the designed disorder of my handkerchief, sufficiently bare and rather shaded than hid. 
I, smiling in his face, took the letter, and immediately catching gently hold of his shirt-sleeve, drew him towards me, blushing and almost trembling, for surely his extreme bashfulness and utter inexperience called for at least all the advances to encourage him. His body was now conveniently inclined towards me, and just softly chucking his smooth, beardless chin, I asked him if he was afraid of a lady, and with that look, and carrying his hand to my breasts, I pressed it tenderly to them. They were now finely furnished and raised in flesh, so that, panting with desire, they rose and fell in quick heaves under his touch. At this the boy's eyes began to lighten with all the fires of inflamed nature, and his cheeks flushed with a deep scarlet. Tongue-tied with joy, rapture, and bashfulness, he could not speak, but then his looks, his emotion, sufficiently satisfied me that my train had taken, and that I had no disappointment to fear. My lips, which I threw in his way, so as that he could not escape kissing them, fixed, fired, and emboldened him, and now, glancing my eyes towards that part of his dress which covered the essential object of enjoyment, I plainly discovered the swell and commotion there, and as I was now too far advanced to stop in so fair a way, and was indeed no longer able to contain myself, or wait the slower progress of his maiden bashfulness, for such it seemed and really was, I stole my hand upon his thighs, down one of which I could both see and feel a stiff, hard body, confined by his breeches, that my fingers could discover no end to. Curious then, and eager to unfold so alarming a mystery, playing, as it were, with his buttons, which were bursting ripe from the active force within, those of his waistband and foreflap flew open at a touch, when out it started, and now, disengaged from the shirt, I saw with wonder and surprise, what, not the plaything of a boy, not the weapon of a man, but a maypole of so enormous a standard that had proportions been observed, it must have belonged to a young giant. Yet I could not, without pleasure, behold, and even ventured to feel such a length, such a breadth of animated ivory, perfectly well turned and fashioned, the proud stiffness of which distended its skin, whose smooth polish and velvet softness might vie with that of the most delicate of our sex, and whose exquisite whiteness was not a little set off by a sprout of black curling hair round the root, through the jetty sprigs of which the fair skin showed, as in a fine evening, you may have remarked the clear light, either through the branchwork of distant trees, overtopping the summit of a hill. Then the broad and bluish casted incarnate of the head, and blue serpentines of its veins, altogether composed the most striking assemblage of figure and colors in nature. In short, it stood an object of terror and delight. But what was yet more surprising, the owner of this natural curiosity, through the want of occasions in the strictness of his home-breeding, and the little time he had been in town not having afforded him one, 
was hit hereto an absolute stranger in practice at least to the use of all that manhood he was so nobly stocked with and it now fell to my lot to stand his first trial of it if i could resolve to run the risks of its disproportion to that tender part of me which such an oversized machine was very fit to lay in ruins but it was now of the latest to deliberate for by this time the young fellow overheated with the present objects and too high mettled to be longer curbed in by that modesty and awe which had hitherto restrained him ventured under the stronger impulse and instructive promptership of nature alone to slip his hands trembling with eager impetuous desires under my petticoats and seeing i suppose nothing extremely severe in my looks to stop or dash him he feels out and seizes gently the centre swat of his ardours oh then the fiery touch of his fingers determines me and my fears melting away before the glowing intolerable heat my thighs disclose of themselves and yield all liberty to his hand and now a favourable movement giving my petticoats a toss the avenue lay too fair too open to be missed he is now upon me i had placed myself with a jet under him as commodious and open as possible to his attempts which were untoward enough for his machine meeting with no inlet bore and battered stiffly against me in random pushes now above now below now beside his point till burning with impatience from its irritating touches i guided gently with my hand this furious engine to where my young novice was now to be taught his first lesson of pleasure thus he nicked at length the warm and insufficient orifice but he was made to find no breach impracticable and mine though so often entered was still far from wide enough to take him easily in by my direction however the head of his unwieldy machine was so critically pointed that feeling him forthright against the tender opening a favourable motion from me met his timely thrust by which the lips of it strenuously dilated gave way to his thus assisted impetuosity so that we might both feel that he had gained a lodgment pursuing then his point he soon by violent and to me most painful piercing thrusts wedges himself at length so far in as to be now tolerably secure of his entrance here he stuck and i now felt such a mixture of pleasure and pain as there is no giving a definition of i dreaded alike his splitting me farther up or his withdrawing i could not bear either to keep or part with him the sense of pain however prevailing from his prodigious size and stiffness acting upon me in those continued rapid thrusts with which he furiously pursued his penetration made me cry out gently oh my dear you hurt me this was enough to check the tender respectful boy even in his mid-career and he immediately drew out the sweet cause of my complaint whilst his eyes eloquently expressed at once his grief for hurting me and his reluctance at dislodging from quarters of which 
the warmth and closeness had given him a gust of pleasure that he was now desire-mad to satisfy and yet too much a novice not to be afraid of my withholding his relief on account of the pain he had put me to but i was myself far from being pleased with his having too much regarded my tender exclaims for now more and more fired with the object before me as it still stood with the fiercest erection unbonneted and displaying its broad vermilion head i first gave the youth a re-encouraging kiss which he repaid me with a fervour that seemed at once to thank me and bribe my farther compliance and soon replaced myself in a posture to receive at all risks the renewed invasion which he did not delay an instant for being presently remounted i once more felt the smooth hard gristle forcing an entrance which he achieved rather easier than before pained however as i was with his efforts of gaining a complete admission which he was so regardful as to manage by gentle degrees i took care not to complain in the meantime the soft straight passage gradually loosens yields and stretched to its utmost bearing by the stiff thick indriven engine sensible at once to the ravishing pleasure of the feel and the pain of the distension let him in about half-way when all the most nervous activity he now exerted to further his penetration gained him not an inch of his purpose for whilst he hesitated there the crisis of pleasure overtook him and the close compression of the warm surrounding fold drew from him the ecstatic gush even before mine was ready to meet it kept up by the pain i had endured in the course of the engagement from the insufferable size of his weapon though it was not yet in above half its length i expected then but without wishing it that he would draw but was pleasantly disappointed for he was not to be let off so the well-breathed youth hot-mettled and flush with genial juices was now fairly in for making me know my driver as soon then as he had made a short pause waking as it were out of the trance of pleasure in which every sense seemed lost for a while whilst with his eyes shut and short quick breathing he had yielded down his maiden tribute he still kept his post yet unsated with enjoyment and solacing in these so new delights till his stiffness which had scarce perceptibly remitted being thoroughly recovered to him who had not once unsheathed he proceeded afresh to cleave and open to himself an entire entry into me which was not a little made easy to him by the balsamic injection with which he had just plentifully moistened the whole internals of the passage redoubling then the active energy of his thrusts favoured by the fervid appetite of my motions the soft oiled words can no longer stand so effectual a picklock but yield and open him an entrance and now with conspiring nature and my industry strong to aid him he pierces penetrates and at length winning his way inch by inch gets entirely in and finally mighty thrust sheathes it up to the guard 
on the information of which from the close jointure of our bodies insomuch that the hair on both sides perfectly interweaved and encircled together the eyes of the transported youth sparkled with more joyous fires and all his looks and motions acknowledged excess of pleasure which i now began to share for i felt him in my very vitals i was quite sick with delight stirred beyond bearing with its furious agitations within me and gorged and crammed even to surfeit thus i lay gasping panting under him till his broken breathings faltering accents eyes twinkling with humid fires lunges more furious and an increased stiffness gave me to hail the approaches of a second period it came and the sweet youth overpowered with the ecstasy died away in my arms melting in a flood that shot in genial warmth into the innermost recesses of my body every conduit of which dedicated to that pleasure was on flow to mix with it thus we continued for some instants lost breathless senseless of everything and in every part but those favourite ones of nature in which all that we enjoyed of life and sensation was now totally concentred when our mutual trance was a little over and the young fellow had withdrawn that delicious stretcher with which he had most plentifully drowned all thoughts of revenge in the sense of actual pleasure the widened wounded passage refunded a stream of pearly liquids which flowed down my thighs mixed with streaks of blood the marks of the ravage of that monstrous machine of his which had now triumphed over a kind of second maidenhead i stole however my handkerchief to those parts and wiped them as dry as i could whilst he was readjusting and buttoning up i made him sit down by me and as he had gathered courage from such extreme intimacy he gave me an after-course of pleasure in a natural burst of tender gratitude and joy at the new scenes of bliss i had opened to him scenes positively new as he had never before had the least acquaintance with that mysterious mark the cloven stamp of female distinction though nobody better qualified than he to penetrate into its deepest recesses or do it nobler justice but when by certain motions certain unquietness of his hands that wandered not without design i found he languished for satisfying a curiosity natural enough to view and handle those parts which attract and concentre the warmest force of imagination charmed as i was to have any occasion of obliging and humouring his young desires i suffered him to proceed as he pleased without check or control to the satisfaction of them easily then reading in my eyes the full permission of myself to all his wishes he scarce pleased himself more than me when having insinuated his hand under my petticoat and shift he presently removed those bars to the sight by slyly lifting them upwards under favour of a thousand kisses which he thought perhaps necessary to divert my attention from what he was about all my drapery being now rolled up to my waist i threw myself into such a posture upon the couch as gave up to him in full view the whole region of delight and all the luxurious landscape round it 
the transported youth devoured everything with his eyes and tried with his fingers to lay more open to his sight the secrets of that dark and delicious deep he opens the folding lips the softness of which yielding entry to anything of a hard body close around it and oppose the sight and feeling further meets with and wonders at a soft fleshy excrescence which limber and relaxed after the late enjoyment now grew under the touch and examination of his fiery fingers more and more stiff and considerable till the titillating ardours of that so sensible part made me sigh as if he had hurt me on which he withdrew his curious probing fingers asking me pardon as it were in a kiss that rather increased the flame there novelty ever makes the strongest impressions and in pleasures especially no wonder then that he was swallowed up in raptures of admiration of things so interesting by their nature and now seen and handled for the first time on my part i was richly overpaid for the pleasure i gave him in that of examining the power of those objects thus abandoned to him naked and free to his loosest wish over the artless natural stripling his eyes streaming fire his cheeks glowing with a florid red his fervid frequent sighs whilst his hands convulsively squeezed opened pressed together again the lips and sides of that deep flesh wound or gently twitched the overgrowing moss and all proclaimed the excess the riot of joys in having his wantonness thus humoured but he did not long abuse my patience for the objects before him had now put him by all his and coming out with that formidable machine of his he lets the fury loose and pointing it directly to the pouting-lipped mouth that bid him sweet defiance in dumb show squeezes in the head and driving with refreshed rage breaks in and plugs up the whole passage of that soft pleasure conduit where he makes all shake again and put once more all within me into such an uproar as nothing could still but a fresh inundation from the very engine of those flames as well as from all the springs with which nature floats that reservoir of joy when risen to its flood-mark i was now so bruised so battered so spent with this overmatch that i could hardly stir or raise myself but lay palpitating till the ferment of my sense subsiding by degrees and the hour striking at which i was obliged to dispatch my young man i tenderly advised him of the necessity there was for parting which i felt as much displeasure at as he could do who seemed eagerly disposed to keep the field and to enter on a fresh action but the danger was too great and after some hearty kisses of leave and recommendations of secrecy and discretion i forced myself to send him away not without assurances of seeing him again to the same purpose as soon as possible and thrust a guinea into his hand not more lest being too flush of money a suspicion or discovery might arise from thence having everything to fear from the dangerous indiscretion of that age in which young fellows would be too irresistible too charming if we had not that terrible fault to guard against 
giddy and intoxicated as i was with such satiating draughts of pleasure i still lay on the couch supinely stretched out in a delicious languor diffused over all my limbs hugging myself for being thus revenged to my heart's content and that in a manner so precisely alike and on the identical spot in which i had received the supposed injury no reflections on the consequences ever once perplexed me nor did i make myself one single reproach for having by this step completely entered myself of a profession more decried than disused i should have held it in gratitude to the pleasure i had received to have repented of it and since i was now over the bar i thought by plunging over head and ears into the stream i was hurried away by to drown all sense of shame or reflection whilst i was thus making these laudable dispositions and whispering to myself a kind of tacit vow of incontinency enters mr h the consciousness of what i had been doing deepened yet the glowing of my cheeks flushed with the warmth of the late action which joined to the piquant air of my dishabille drew from mr h a compliment on my looks which he was proceeding to back the sincerity of with proofs and that with so brisk an action as made me tremble for fear of a discovery from the condition of those parts were left in from their late severe handling the orifice dilated and inflamed the lips swollen with their uncommon distension the ringlets pressed down crushed and uncurled with the overflowing moisture that had wet everything round it in short the different feel and state of things would hardly have passed upon one of mr h s nicety and experience unaccounted for but by the real cause but here the woman saved me i pretended a violent disorder of my head and a feverish heat that indisposed me too much to receive his embraces he gave in to this and good-naturedly desisted soon after an old lady coming in made the third very apropos for the confusion i was in and mr h after bidding me take care of myself and recommending me to my repose left me much at ease and relieved by his absence in the close of the evening i took care to have prepared for me a warm bath of aromatic and sweet herbs in which having fully laved and solaced myself i came out voluptuously refreshed in body and spirit the next morning waking pretty early after a night's perfect rest and composure it was not without some dread and uneasiness that i thought of what innovation that tender soft system of mine might have sustained from the shock of a machine so sized for its destruction struck with this apprehension i scarce dared to carry my hand thither to inform myself of the state and posture of things but i was soon agreeably cured of my fears the silky hair that covered round the borders now smoothed and repruned had resumed its wonted curl and trimness the fleshy pouting lips that had stood the brunt of the engagement were no longer swollen or moisture drenched and neither they nor the passage into which they opened that suffered so great a dilatation betrayed any the least alteration outward or inwardly to the most curious research notwithstanding also the laxity that naturally follows the warm bath 
this continuation of that grateful stricture which is in us to the men the very jet of their pleasure i owed it seems to a happy habit of body juicy plump and furnished towards the texture of those parts with a fullness of soft springy flesh that yielding sufficiently as it does to almost any distension soon recovers itself so as to retighten that strict compression of its mantlings and folds which form the sides of the passage wherewith it so tenderly embraces and closely clips any foreign body introduced into it such as my exploring finger then was finding then everything in due tone and order i remembered my fears only to make a jest of them to myself and now palpably mistress of nay size of man and triumphing in my double achievement of pleasure and revenge i abandoned myself entirely to the ideas of all the delight i had swam in i lay stretching out glowingly alive all over and tossing with burning impatience for the renewal of joys that had sinned but in a sweet excess now did i lose my longing for about ten in the morning according to expectation will my new humble sweetheart came with a message from his master mr h to know how i did i had taken care to send my maid on an errand into the city that i was sure would take up time enough and from the people of the house i had nothing to fear as they were plain good sorts of folks and wise enough to mind no more other people's business than they could well help all dispositions then made not forgetting that of lying in bed to receive him when he was entered the door of my bedchamber a latch that i governed by a wire descended and secured it i could not but observe that my young minion was as much spruced out as could be expected from one in his condition a desire of pleasing that could not be indifferent to me since it proved that i pleased him which i assure you was now a point i was not above having in view his hair trimly dressed clean linen and above all a hale ruddy wholesome country look made him out as pretty a piece of women's meat as you could see and i should have thought nay one much out of taste that could not have made a hearty meal of such a morsel as nature seemed to have designed for the highest diet of pleasure end of section four